0: Hello, and welcome to the Slay Dragons podcast. I am your host, LeVar Allen, and today I will be talking to Claire Davis. She is a singer from Toronto, and I was lucky enough to see her perform live fairly recently, just a couple songs, but yeah, I was very impressed. She's awesome live, and we talk about that a little bit during the podcast. And she also has a new album out, it just dropped called Get It Right, and I highly recommend checking that out. She's great at what she does and has worked with some big names, including Jesse Reyes and Daniel Caesar. I was inspired by a bunch of things in this podcast, and I hope that you're inspired too. So let's get into it. Episode number 28, featuring Claire Davis. I first saw you at that um, Daniel's Launchpad uh, event, and like I said in the message, it was highlight of the night. You were put on an no- <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome performance. Um, yeah, so I wanted to reach out and learn a little bit more about yeah you and what you do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's okay. great.
0: All right, so... Um- yeah, maybe we can just like start at the beginning. Like, how did you first get into music?
1: Um, I started music. Um, I mean, I played saxophone, I think, when I was like in grade three. Nice. <laughs> and I uh, I took some private lessons with like a really great teacher. Um, and then he kind of moved out of town after a couple of years. So I like left that alone. And then um, I started singing... Um, basically when I was in high school and I had this really amazing, um, band program that was like very unique to that school, but it was, um, it was an R and B band. Um, so we would play like, like Motown kind of R and B soul music, which was super fun.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. So we all, um, you know, switched off playing, uh like there was like three background vocalists and a lead vocalist and we'd all switch off so that's how I kind of learned to um sing harmonies as well and we did a bunch of shows kind of every school year um for like the jazz festival and like all kinds of stuff um so it was a really great performance experience that's where like I kind of got a lot of that Mm -hmm. um so that was in Victoria BC actually so that's where I grew up and then, um, I moved to Toronto in 2008 and I went to Humber college for music and kind of expanded like my network a lot there and yeah, basically like started kind of singing professionally pretty full-time since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and started doing kind of my solo project, um, just, i actually like during the pandemic essentially
0: okay yeah all right so um yeah the style of the album feels kind of old school maybe motown influence to me and um Yeah. (laughs) yeah like was that something that you were into before high school or did your high school experience influence what you do now
1: Um, it was a bit of both. I think I really clung to that music for whatever reason. Um, just growing up, uh, my parents would play a lot of it and I just always really enjoyed it. So I think when I saw the high school band and I auditioned and stuff, I was, I was just really excited by that music anyways, but, um, definitely getting to perform it and getting to learn, um, a lot of that repertoire really, um, grew my love for it Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah.
0: So were there any specific artists that inspired you when you were starting out?
1: Um, I, so not a lot of people know of Sharon Jones. I don't know if you know Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, but, um, I saw them, they're a band that was based out of, uh, Brooklyn. New York, and they came to Victoria when I was like 17. I think it was the first time I saw her. And I just got tickets from my music teacher, actually, and had no idea what to expect. Um, But he was just like, oh, you'd like her, like, just go and check it out. I was like, all right. So me and a friend went, and I was just absolutely floored by her performance and the band. Like, she was like, a female James Brown and she's like five feet tall. She's like running across the stage. And I was just like, (laughs) I remember seeing her and just being like, that's like what I want to do. I was like so inspired. I've never been so inspired by, by seeing like a live performance before. Um, So then after that, I just saw them every time they came either to Victoria or Toronto and um, you know, bought all of their records and just yeah, it was um, was obsessed with their music. And they had their own label, or they had their own label called uh, Daptone Records mm-hmm. in New York. And um, so they record kind of like all analog, and that's kind of their thing. So that sort of inspired me to also kind of continue that trend with the way that I record. Mm-hmm. And uh, so recording to tape is a lot different than doing the digital route because it's very much like a live feel and you can like, you can make mistakes and you can kind of like punch in, but it's hard. So you want to try to not do that. (laughs) Um, So you kind of like have to commit to certain things and it gets, at least for me, it gets me out of my head um, for trying to make something perfect. Like I kind of try and just go after like, the vibe of a take.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even if there's like little things that, you know, um, yeah, aren't aren't perfect. I'm like, you know what? The overall energy of this take is really good. So like, let's roll with that. So that's what we did for the album. It's just everything was kind of recorded like live off the floor, essentially.
0: OK, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And yeah, definitely not making it easy for yourself.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yeah for for people who i guess aren't familiar with the recording process like these days with digital recording you can basically record like one word at a time if you really wanted to yeah. but to yeah go with live off the floor um and and the analog route um yeah was you said it, it helped you get out of your head um i guess that's an advantage but um yeah. Was it a difficult process overall or something that you're used to?
1: Um, I've done it a few times, so I'm kind of like used to it by now, but also I sort of consider myself more of a live performer than a studio person. Like I, I like, I enjoy being in the studio, but, um, I think as much as I can replicate the experience of, singing live, I will try mm-hmm. <laughs> because anytime I have kind of recorded things digitally, um, if you have the option to just like repeat it over and over and over again, like you will. And I just find like, for me, it ends up just being worse. It's like usually the first couple takes were the best ones. Okay. Few. Um few. But beyond that, it's just like you're overthinking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, that's just me. Yeah. That's just like in my personal journey with it. But um, I really enjoy it personally.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So what was the process like when you were writing this album?
1: Um, I wrote all these songs with um, my friend and producer, uh, Scott McCannell. So um, yeah, basically I will usually kind of write melody and lyrics on top of like a track that he gives me. Occasionally like I'll come up with some harmony and and stuff myself and kind of do the whole thing. But for the most part, that's kind of how we've operated. And that's kind of what feels comfortable to me, I guess. Um, mainly because like I play, I do play some guitar, but I don't feel super confident yet in kind of like being able to explore making um core progressions by myself mm-hmm. I don't, like trust it to be good yet <laughs> 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 but it's just something i gotta like get used to again and get out of my head but um but yeah i sort of took a lot of my um ex- like just life experiences over the past um few years and kind of just wrote about um a lot of that some of my writing is you know, stories that haven't actually happened to me, but just like been inspired by something I heard. um, And some of them are really personal. So it kind of varies. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Oh, by the way, I did check out a cover that you did on on YouTube and you were playing guitar and it it was solid. I'll just put, (laughs) just put that out there. You know what you're doing.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's mostly just like, yeah, being, I need to be more, I just need to do it more essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, you know, say that I'm, I'm not good enough at it. I just need to do it more and, and just be more confident about it.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, how long were you working on this album?
1: Um, I would say we started pre-production fall of 2021. And then we hit the studio in February of 2022 and we recorded everything in a week. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, we really just like went in and, <laughs> and did the thing. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it was like mixed and mastered by like June, I would say, so it was like a pretty quick turnaround. I think next time I would probably take my time with it a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, but it worked out this time, <laughs> putting <laughs> yeah. myself on a time crunch. So. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So what was the most difficult part of this process for
1: you? Um, I would say just learning about how to do kind of all the administrative things Mm -hmm. about like a rollout because, um, I did release an EP in 2021, but it was like very low budget. I didn't do much, uh, PR for it or anything. Um, but this time around I got like a decent amount of grant funding for the full length record. So I wanted to kind of like do it properly as best I could. Um, so yeah, just learning a lot about that whole process of, of, you know, um, PR and marketing and like the timing of when things are released, I think like just. Industry things were kind of like the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I sort of had to figure out.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, what were some of the the lessons that you learned there? Like things that you didn't know before, but yeah, you learned through this process.
1: Um, I think like a lesson that I learned is that. As an artist, you are the one setting your goalposts. Mm-hmm. So as much as like if you have a if you have a team or like people that you're working with, because I, I work with a small label um, based in the UK. Um, so they do my vinyl manufacturing and uh, and distribution. And they also do PR, they hook up kind of PR in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of dealing with and my label's great, and you know um, our relationship is awesome. But I was sort of like going by, okay, we said that these are going to be the dates. So in my mind, I was like, these have to be the dates. But honestly, I could have been like, hey, you know what? I need more time to get kind of like visuals together, or um, you know, just just anything. Like I definitely could have. Kind of move those goalposts a little bit so that I was more comfortable, but I was just like, no, I said I was gonna do this, so I have to do this. Yeah. might be part of my like personality too. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I think just like learning to just um to just kind of take my time a little bit more and really think things through and that like it is my project and I can kind of set those set those goal posts for myself yeah, um, and also that that's going to be like, you know, you can think about, there's different people in the industry that say like, what time of year is kind of best to release a record. And then, so at first I was like, oh, it's gonna, you know, I was thinking it was gonna come out last fall and that would have been like an insane turnaround. <laughs> um, and because it was like, oh, fall's a good time because then it's like, you know, you can apply for festivals for the next summer and like all that kind of stuff. So you can get tripped up really easily. But it's like if you just sort of like take a beat and you're like, you know what, it's going to come out when it's going to come out. And if you give it more time and space, like it's probably you're probably going to be more prepared for mm-hmm. when it does. So I think that was the biggest thing.
0: OK, um, you mentioned um, grant money for this album. I was just curious about the process about um you went through to get a grant.
1: Yeah, um I I used a, a grant writer actually, um that I know of that a few people have had recommended to me. Um so it's kind of helpful if you sort of can consult with somebody who knows what these different granting bodies are looking for doesn't mean necessarily that you need like someone to write it for you but Uh um if you can talk to somebody that's kind of like either been on the jury for stuff um and you can kind of get an idea of like what each individual uh granting body is sort of uh looking for because they're all a little bit different Uh um but uh but yeah, that was my process is I got a grant writer because just to help me kind of like shape things a little bit. I did most of the writing itself, uh-huh. but um yeah, just to kind of like edit and figure out like how things should be um worded and placed and things like that. So I was able to get uh Canada Arts Council, um Toronto Arts Council, and the factor juried sound recording. Uh-huh. Um, which was great. That was my first time actually applying for Factor, and I really didn't think I would get it because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, that grant is kind of built for, um, for labels, truthfully, mm-hmm. uh, because they want to see you kind of like putting in your own money, um, on top of what they're giving you. Okay. So yeah, it can be like a little, a little finicky. Okay. They're definitely <laughs> the most finicky ones, but it's, yeah, it's been, wonderful to have a budget like we're so lucky in canada to have these systems in place
0: Mm -hmm. so what are some of the things that these granting bodies look for
1: um i would say the um ontario arts council which i didn't apply to them only because i had a previous grant from them that i was wrapping up so i couldn't do kind of two in one but um I'd say Ontario Arts Council really tries to kind of look for, um, the cultural aspect of what your project is about and like how you're connecting maybe to your community in that way. Um, and I think Canada Arts Council and Factor maybe want to see how your, I think it was in my benefit that I had, um, my label connection that's in the UK because I think they kind of want to see that you're pushing Canada forward in some way, like you're re- you're representing Canada kind of on like the global stage. So I think um, that's helpful. Um, but yeah, they just sort of want to really see that you're organized and that you have a plan and that you're gonna spend the money <laughs> properly. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of like the biggest thing they want to know that, you know, you're using um, Canadian talent and you're highlighting Canadian original content. And that's kind of like the main things that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. You mentioned that you're more of a a live performer. Um, Like, do you have, a specific mindset or a way of thinking when it comes to your live performance. Um, yeah. Is there, is there anything that you're thinking specifically about like what makes a good performance and and things that you try to be aware of when you're performing?
1: Hmm. I think live performance, the reason why I love it is it's like an energy exchange with, with people mm-hmm. like with either, either the, the people you're on stage with and, or the audience. Um, so I think that's really what, what I love about it. And it's like connecting, like you can kind of go outside of yourself a little bit with live performance. It's like you're like who you are on stage, doesn't necessarily have to be who you are behind closed doors, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. You can kind of like take on this other like it's still a part of who you are, but it's like this this like alter ego or this other like persona. Um so I think it's interesting. It's just like a it's just sort of this way that you can express this like deep part of yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how would you say, um, on stage, Claire is different from off
1: stage? Um, I think I'm a bit of an introvert, like I'm an extroverted introvert, but like, I definitely need a lot of time to kind of, um, recharge and, and, uh, be by myself and that kind of thing. But like when I'm on stage, like I. I can sort of like turn on that super social aspect, um, of myself where I connect with people Mm -hmm. really easily. Um, so yeah, I would just say I'm like a little more extroverted and outgoing.
0: Okay. And um, do you have any performances that you've done in the past that like really stick out as really great ones?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of background vocal work with a bunch of different artists, which has been, I love singing backgrounds probably as much as I, I love singing lead, to be honest. Like, I think it's, I think it's a different art form and I think people don't appreciate background vocals as much as they should truthfully. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been able to do some shows with, um, with Daniel Caesar and Jesse Reyes and uh, Charlotte Day Wilson. I sing with her fairly regularly when she has kind of bigger shows where she has the budget to bring on uh, background vocals. So I got to sing at Massey Hall with her last year, which was pretty awesome. That was my first time being able to do Massey Hall. So that was very special, um, and yeah, going back to Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, because she was my she was my number one. Um, she actually passed passed away, I think, in twenty seventeen um, from cancer. But prior to that, I actually did get to sing backgrounds for her once.
0: Oh wow, that's um, amazing!
1: Yeah, it was a crazy story too. Um, it was totally like a, st- a stars aligning kind of thing where I was doing a gig. They were they were in town for TIFF because uh, she had a documentary made about her, and I was doing a gig in like Kensington Market here in Toronto, and um, and uh, the band just like crashed my gig, and it was a it was a house party, so it wasn't even like a public gig. Wow. <laughs> they like heard us from the street and they they crashed the party and um you know they walked in and and i was like what are you guys doing here and like oh we heard you from the street and like blah, blah blah so um yeah we got to jam with them and stuff and then they were playing in hamilton the next night and uh the bass player who's the band leader um this guy, Gabe Roth. Oh, by the way, they were also the band for Amy Winehouse's um, "Back to Black" album. Oh, crazy! <laughs> little little sidebar. So, if you don't know Sharon Jones and the Dab Kings, I'm sure you know Amy Winehouse.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard of her.
1: <laughs> you heard of her? <laughs> um, yeah. So they were they were part of that record. Um, so, uh, yeah, Gabe Gabe Roth, who's the band leader. Uh, was like oh you should come to the show tomorrow and like see Sharon and I was like yeah definitely so I gave him my number and then uh, the next day I woke up and I had a bunch of missed calls from him because um, Truthfully we partied pretty late into the night <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I find, he called me again and I answered my phone and he was like yo Claire I've been trying to reach you all morning like, like what's going on and I was like oh sorry I was just like out cold he's like listen um one of our background singers couldn't make it across the border can you come and sing with us tonight like you know all of our records right i was like uh yes so he's like okay so a car is coming in like 35 minutes and it will pick you up and bring you here and i was like oh my god and i was just like totally freaked out it's like imagine like your hero calls you for a gig. That's exactly what happened to me. It's like just like your favorite artist ever. Um, you know, it doesn't matter to me like how many people actually know who she was. It's like what what that like band meant to me in my um just like musical upbringing was like huge. Um, so I got to go do that and it was like the wildest experience of my life. <laughs> so, I would say that's like my favorite show of all time.
0: Okay, yeah. (laughs) Because
1: because that's
0: not real life. That's a scene out of a movie.
1: (laughs) That is a movie. That is a movie. Yeah.
0: Like, how did it feel to be on stage, like with her?
1: I was just like, it was one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it just didn't feel real. I was just like standing in a place and like looking around at like everybody, like I'd probably seen them live like a dozen times, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it was just like standing in this place that's like so familiar to me from like the audience perspective mm-hmm. and just to like be standing where I was standing, I was just like whole, like it was just like an overwhelming, just like gratitude. Like I remember when that weekend finished, I just like cried because I was so happy. I was like, a, you know, just like what are the odds that like all these things? You know aligning and it was like if anybody else had gotten called for that gig i would have been so mad because that was my gig you know <laughs> yeah. like, wow. i was like made for that show you know so it was just crazy like that's a story i'll i'll tell my grandkids for sure
0: yeah that's insane <laughs> but, um yeah i was gonna ask um are there any other artists on your wish list to collaborate with
1: mm, that's a good question I don't know, there's like so many great people making music right now. Mm I don't know, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. Artists to come out with right now. I really like Lady Ray. I don't know if she used to go by Nicole Ray and she Mm -hmm. was like signed with Missy.
0: Um,
1: but she's making some really cool, um, kind of like she's gone into the sort of like analog soul thing a bit Mm -hmm. now. And yeah, her stuff is dope. So I'd love to do something with her for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I've been able to do a lot of kind of different styles of music within, like R&B, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. So it's cool. I just like to, to, I really enjoy the variety, honestly. So yeah. I'm just down to collab with anybody, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, is there a style that you maybe haven't explored yet that you want to try out at some point?
1: Um... I don't know. I think I've, I've like covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I feel, yeah, feel pretty good in, in the zone that I'm in.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right. I think, um, yeah, we can wrap up here. Um, I guess one more question that I have is, uh, what advice would you give to anyone just starting out in music?
1: Hmm. Anyone starting out in music? Um, I would say like find a community of musicians or just like people in music. Um, cause that's been the biggest, the times that I've had kind of like the most progress is when I've, I've been in those situations. Cause I think a lot of, um, society kind of like teaches you that you have to do things for yourself and do things on your own Mm -hmm. um but i think um yeah the greatest gift like music has is like is community just like being able to play with people learning from people who are like better than you like if you can be the worst person in a room that's like the best (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the best thing for you you know um And yeah, just like, just don't, uh, don't do anything that's going to kill your love for it. Just like try and always find, um, inspiration and, and keep your passion going because this industry can be really hard. Um, so if you don't have love for it, it's really not worth doing. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially.
0: All right. Yeah. That's great advice. Um. Yeah, lots of lots of gems in there. So um, <laughs> thank you again for for joining me. It's been great to to learn more about um, what you do and like your your movie like life. Um, <laughs> at least that one part. Um, that, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, talking with you.